Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. I'm your host, William, and I'm joined by my friend of the show and host of Star Wars Bookworms and Star Scavengers, Aaron Goins, for a very special episode. Aaron, welcome to the show. What's up, William? This is uh, this is really cool because earlier today, uh, we had the opportunity to see Rogue One, a Star Wars story, for the very first time. Uh, the two of us attended press screenings in Seattle, and I think you went to in Philadelphia, right? Yes, Philadelphia. Uh, and um, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna talk, we're gonna talk about the film. No spoilers, uh, or very minor spoilers. The the review embargo is now up, so uh, we're we're gonna talk about general themes with the movie and some things about characters and stuff. We're not gonna go into any uh, specific details about the plot, at least as much as possible. Uh, so that you you can go into Rogue One and enjoy it without any spoilers. But you know we will talk about, like I said, some of the themes and the high level things that happen in the film. So um, just be be warned if you don't want to have any preconceived notions about the film, you might want to wait and hold off on listening to this until after uh, until after the episode. Uh, or after you see Rogue One on a Thursday night or, or Friday or whenever you happen to go see it, hopefully uh, right away. Um, but we did want to make sure we got you our, our spoiler-free review as soon as possible. Uh, and then uh, coming up later on the show, we're going to have our interview with uh, Entertainment Weekly's Anthony Bresnikan as well. He's going to be joining us to uh, talk about his impressions of Rogue One, a Star Wars story. He was at the world premiere on Saturday as well so that was uh he i'm sure he'll have a lot of exciting things to share about about that experience so let's uh let's jump right into the uh into the film uh, obviously of course this is uh, rogue one a star wars story it was written by chris whites tony gilroy uh, gary witta and john knoll and it was directed by gareth edwards uh, and the official synopsis, uh, I'm sure you all know what this film is about, but the official synopsis is, in a time of conflict, a group of unlikely heroes band together on a mission to steal the plans to the Death Star, the Empire's ultimate weapon of destruction. The key event in the Star Wars timeline, uh, this key event, brings together ordinary people who choose to do extraordinary things, and in doing so, become part of something greater than themselves. So, Aaron, uh, I- I'm curious, what are your... What's your initial impression of Rogue One, having seen it just a few hours ago? What'd you think? It it exceeded all of my expectations. I will say that. I mean, I didn't know what to expect going to this movie. I back way when they first announced it, and they're kind of like, "Oh, there's gonna be this movie, and it's kind of military, um, Death Star plans." not any Jedi, and I was just like, oh, this might be the the standalone that I'm not going to be that into. Maybe this isn't the one that's going to be for me. Um, but as things started to roll out with trailers and clips and things like that, I was like getting a better feeling about it. Like, oh, this, this mm-hmm. looks pretty cool. And then 
but I still went in a little like, you know, it's going to be a good movie. I, I, I kind of already figured that it's going to be a good movie, but I just didn't know if it was going to be one that I would love. But then it blew me away, man. It just completely blew me away. You know, I, I completely agree with you. It, I was very, very impressed. This is the, you know, it, it, you never really know what to expect, right? Because this is the very first uh, spinoff film that we've gotten from from Star Wars. Obviously, oh, I would say the major spinoff films. You can't really count things like, you know, the uh, the Ewok Adventures or the Holiday Special or even the Clone Wars film, which was an animated uh, movie and basically just three episodes of the of the TV show that were shown in the theater. So this is really the, f- the first true, you know, major Star Wars film set outside of the Skywalker saga. And so um, it was, uh, it's, it's really cool to, to see what they did with the film and, and how it, yeah, I, I don't know about you, but if it still felt like, it still felt like Star Wars to me, even though they took, they had some departures from your, you know, the traditional things we're used to. Uh, but it still very much felt like uh, a Star Wars film. Yeah, it's. It, I was thinking about it, and I was thinking it. It felt like Star Wars, and it did not feel like Star Wars all at the same mm-hmm. time. It was this weird um, mixture of, you know, nostalgia and fresh and new. And which is, I think, they, exactly what they needed to do, and yes, what I think they were exactly. going for. It. It was. It was like watching an original trilogy movie made in the modern time. You know. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen the prequels are more modern movies, you know, so you get the high end effects and things like that, which are, you know, in 2016 are now dated. But then you got The Force Awakens last year, but it's still, you know, it was it had a much different aesthetic than the than the original trilogy did. You know, it felt a lot cleaner. Mm-hmm. And then you you go into this movie and it was some scenes like were it was almost like they took it straight out of the original trilogy. Somehow oh, they yeah. made it look modern with still making it feel very grounded, um, especially like the battle scenes, you know, the space battles and, and things like that with the X-Wings. It, it, a lot of it felt like it could have just been lifted right out of uh, Re- Return of the Jedi. I completely agree. In, in fact, uh, we want to kind of avoid spoilers as much as possible. I think there might be a couple scenes maybe that were like unused shots or pieces of unused shots that they might have reused to make it feel that or that are just that good at recreating the the feel of the original trilogy. Um, but uh, no, I, 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 I definitely agree. It, it, it felt to me uh, very much like a new hope in many ways, uh, not just because it's set so closely, but uh, just the, the pacing in many ways kind of felt like a new hope and um uh and kind of the the general arc of uh the characters and that sort of thing because you're starting with a whole new cast yeah i think one of the big differences too with this movie was the pacing was just everything was happening at a much faster pace you know if you ever go back and rewatch a new hope it's my favorite I think it's currently my favorite star wars movie they always they kind of change up here and there (laughs) but (laughs) it's that movie there are some parts that are really slow you know you're kind of and especially when you've seen it you know over a hundred times like i'm sure both of you and i have 
it, you you kind of memorize these movies. So when it gets to the slow points, you're like, you're almost tempted to kind of skip ahead because you're like, okay, I know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I think you get that in all of the original trilogy movies. But in this movie, the pace was just like lightning speed. It felt like the whole time. So that might mm. be – and I think that's more modern storytelling. They're, they're playing to – uh, a modern audience that the attention spans just aren't the same. Right. So there, that's that's one uh, tell I think for this movie that it was a, a modern movie. Yeah, it definitely did, it did still though have its quiet moments, and there were there were parts where I I was just trying to compare to the Force Awakens in, in, in many ways, and I'm like the Force Awakens for for some reason is like infinitely rewatchable for me. I mean, all the all the Star Wars films are. Um, I, I think part of it actually might be the the music I just love so much. Like when you see. Uh, Ray introduced for the first time. I love John Williams' uh, theme for for her, um, and, and so like it, it's I could watch it over and over and over and over again, and not get tired. There were definitely a couple moments in here where I could see like, okay, it would be it would feel more like the other Star Wars films where I'm like, okay, I I love it. Uh, although maybe I could see myself maybe on the hundredth viewing doing other things, um, but. Uh, but while it was very definitely fast paced, uh, it, it's not wall to wall action. Um, I know a lot of people compared it to uh, films like Saving Private Ryan early on, and while there's definitely a lot of some fantastic fight, you know, battles, it's not. I didn't notice it being that like it wasn't that gory though or anything. Um, no, there were. I mean, there were definitely some scenes where. You're like, oh wow, that stormtrooper died pretty brutally. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but probably uh, but no worse than the Force Awakens. Like, yeah, there were right. a couple it's... scenes where like the stormtroopers like slammed against the wall or something. We're getting shot uh, in the the helmet, you know, where right. it's a headshot, but it's not gory. There's no blood. There's no body parts laying around after battles. Nothing like that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So uh, that's good. I saw a couple people say it's a much more violent film, and I think it it's probably on the level about the Force Awakens from from that standpoint. And one uh, thing I will say too is I know a lot of people, or at least a few people I talked to, were concerned that it's like, oh, it's just this, it's a military movie, and military uh, movies just aren't my thing. It's not. It really no. isn't. You know, it's. I a, mean, it's, it has aspects of a military movie, and if you love military movies, I think you'll really enjoy it. But you're totally right. And where I was actually starting to go earlier was, um, it it's not like a Saving Private Ryan where it's like constant action from the beginning to the end. Uh, and maybe someone out there will correct me. I'm actually not an expert on that film, so it, there might be some some other moments too. But it's not like you get in and it's like go 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 from start to finish. There's actually moments where you get to breathe a little bit, and it's kind of sets up the characters and the plot. It's not just um, I don't know. You, you for example land on a planet and just fight, you know, through the trenches the entire film on that planet. There's you actually get to see a lot of the galaxy and you get to know a lot of the characters and really care about the characters it's it's really not unlike previous star wars movies and like if you want to compare it to something like empire strikes back with the battle scene on hoth mm-hmm. you know that's a big military style battle scene that lasts a little while but it's just a small part of the movie overall um you know there were scenes in this movie you know on you know hiding in corridors like you saw in the force awakens and in a new hope um, you know, you have scenes like with ground battles, like you see in the other movies, space battles. It's it's kind of what you would expect from Star Wars. It's not so different than I know a lot of people are like, oh, this is gonna be a different kind of Star Wars movie. It was a different kind of Star Wars movie, but it di- it still felt very much like uh, a Star Wars movie in the way they told the story. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, I- I'm curious, wh- who is your favorite character in in this film? 
I feel like K2SO would be the easy answer just because I, I just, I swear they just gave him all the best lines. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's it's true. Yeah, it was K- almost K- ridiculous K2SO. how many funny lines he had. Every time he spoke, it was, it was just pure. And there's lots of know. some physical comedy as well that K2SO had, which I was kind of surprised by. Alan Tudyk does a fantastic job playing him. Um, I think I'll say though, because that's just the easy answer. I, I think I'll say Cassian was my favorite character. He was a lot different than I expected. And I totally, there was, there was a moment early on that completely surprised me. Yeah. Uh, when, and, when he's first introduced, I was like, Whoa, I was not expecting that. To I was happen. kind of expecting the traditional like hero. Like, uh-huh. you know, I don't, I don't want to say too much, but it just, he was a lot different than what you might expect. And so that was, that was a, a good surprise. And I really enjoyed his character a lot. Totally, totally agree. Um, yeah, he he was he was he, Diego Luna did a fantastic job playing him, and uh, I really like you know Jin was was great as well, uh, played by Felicity Jones. Um, you know she she had she has a, a a nice arc. You know, starting you you find out, you know, trying to stay away from spoilers here. Uh, you know, you kind of get a little bit of her her origin if you if you've read Rogue One Catalyst, the book, the prequel novel. Um, you you already know a bit more about her and, and where her family's at. But um, yeah, yeah, I I really grew to 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 really enjoy her her character quite a bit. Uh, she's kind of a a reluctant hero, uh, in some ways, um, but you know eventually steps up and as as all as all heroes do in the hero's journey, uh, to kind of save the day. Yeah, she's got a very hero's journey arc. Uh, mm-hmm. Like you said, a little reluctant, but stuff happens that kind of spurs her into action. Um, I I felt like as much as they build this as like kind of her movie and she was the lead, it really felt like it was her and Cassian almost together as like uh, co-leads in this film. Yeah, I felt yeah. Like he was and almost it, as much a main character as she was. And, and and in fact, like a lot of the the rest of the cast was as well. Um, you know, like uh, in, in not not quite as much, but K two so was like a, a, a huge uh, part of the cast. Uh, Chirrut, uh, Emily, uh, played by Donnie Yen. I, I loved his character. He he also had some some great moments in this film, some great lines, and um, he's he's very much like uh, I think they talked about this in the in the in the press tour coming leading up to Rogue One. He's very much like a a, a believer in the Force, and while he doesn't have the Force, he um almost and this is not quite accurate but almost like worships the force in many ways or he's, he's he's a he's a believer in the force and so his character is fun yeah i know in the force awakens we were kind of introduced to the idea of these non-force users that kind of uh you almost see the force as uh their their tenants to live by and they aren't jedi but they live by kind of jedi principles and i think in the force awakens they were called the the church of the force is that what it was yeah and i think that this is kind of probably a similar idea you know he and he he would be a member of mm-hmm. that probably if if it and doesn't actually I don't the, think it the exists organization yet, the organization he belongs to i don't want to say i don't want to say anything about it but i found it very interesting and i want to learn more uh, if that's yeah, spoiler free enough, <laughs> we're going to get a, a, a novel. I think it's a, it might be a junior novel or a YA novel about him, about Chirrut and Baze. So we might get some background 
to these guys and uh, yeah. a little bit more about you mm-hmm. know th- their affiliations. I liked I liked Baze more than Baze Malbus played by Wen Jiang uh, more than I thought I would too. In some of the previews, he seemed a little bit bland, just like the the soldier, right? The heavy, and, and that's about it. Um, but he has a nice arc in, in this film as well. Yeah, I I actually think he was probably the weakest for me. I liked them all, like so mm-hmm. I did like him. But yeah, if I yeah. had to pick one that I didn't that just I didn't connect with as much, it would probably be him. Um, Bodhi was one that you didn't really see too much about him in the marketing and the trailers and stuff, but it really surprised me that the guy they that I I'm, I don't remember his name the actor's name, but he did such a good job, uh, such a good job in this movie. And I really like that character too. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I agree. Uh, let's see who, who else Orson Krennic. Wow. Director Krennic. I loved director Krennic. Uh, I thought he was a fantastic character. I, I really enjoyed him in the, in the, the lead up to the film with catalyst and a lot of the trailers and stuff. He's a, he's a great villain. He's not, he's kind of like a Tarkin in some ways, but he, he's not right. He, he and Tarkin have this, this rivalry as you see in rogue one catalyst, and um and so that's that's a lot of fun to see how he deals with his current position as of like trying to run the death star while um you know uh, he he's like leading the project but not not completely um uh, as as you find out in 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 the prequel book catalyst yeah he he was a great character it's so interesting because he's so different than what mm-hmm. we've gotten previously in imperial officers um he's a little cocky he's sarcastic mm-hmm. he's power hungry um he's not that kind of proper uh imperial that we're used to seeing in someone like a tarkin or even right. like in the way thrawn is is portrayed in rebels um this guy's a little bit he's got more of an edge to him but he almost seems like um he's that boss or, or co-worker that you've worked with that kind of worked his way up to the top, but he didn't, doesn't really have the experience to back it up. And <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah. you're waiting for it to all come tumbling down. He's that kind of guy, you know? And so it's, he's definitely an interesting character. I, I enjoyed him a lot in yeah. this movie. Ben Mendelsohn uh, played him fan- very well. He's, he's probably one of my actually one of my favorite characters in the film as well. A character that, that um, another character that, that surprised me, I think is, Forrest Whitaker's Saw Gerrera, uh, obviously from uh, the Clone Wars uh, TV show. Um, he was, again, not to spoil it, but he was in the film a, a little bit more than I was expecting. Uh, I wasn't really sure what what, what to get. Would he be, just be a cameo or not? Um, and I, I enjoyed his character. He was also very... His personality... Again, I'm trying very hard to stay away from spoilers. His personality was different than I was expecting as well. Uh, and the and the situation he's in was uh, somewhat surprising. Yeah, he was more central than I thought he would be, and I'll leave it at that. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, <But. laughs> it, it's it's hard with uh, when we're trying to stay away from spoilers. We don't want to ruin the movie for you. <laughs> yeah, um, it it is it is tough to <clears throat> talk about it without saying too much. Um, did so you read Catalyst, right? Yes. Oh, um, yeah. They did introduce the idea of him. Well, see, I don't want to spoil Catalyst either. So, there he is in Catalyst, and so kind of how they introduce him in Catalyst, um, you know, played very well with with his role in the movie. Uh, 
I would say that if if people are listening to this and you haven't seen the movie yet and you think you have time to read Catalyst, I would recommend doing it. Catalyst is one of those novels where it's not it's not action packed by any means, but the information that it will give you to prepare you for the movie and the different relationships uh, of certain characters, I think it's worth the read. Yeah, totally, totally. Uh, and we we actually just published our review of uh, Rogue One Catalyst on uh, Ion Cannon. I believe you just did as well on um, Star Wars Bookworms. Yes, we just did post our review we, as well. We published within like six hours of each other or something. Yeah, was, trying to get nice. that Catalyst review out before everybody goes and sees Rogue One. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So hopefully you've already listened to our review of Catalyst, but since we just published it uh, last night, I know uh, there probably wasn't too much time. Uh, and then, there, of course, there's a lot, the last uh, of the is probably the main cast. Well, obviously, there's there's Galen Erso, um, played by Mads Mikkelsen. And I don't want to go too much into detail about him um, because, uh, again, I don't want to don't have any spoilers here. But you know, he's he's uh, he he's he's the guy who basically created the Death Star. Uh, and I, I like I liked how what they did with him in the film. And I think I'll leave that there i'll leave it like that yeah uh, i think across the board the the acting was so good um yeah. no there know, was there were there were no performances where i went and like huh. yeah like that no, wasn't very good nothing i could i could criticize really yeah no complaints on the acting um it was mm-hmm. all very <laughs> solid the one the, there was one moment uh, i liked Bodhi rook's character uh played by riz Ahmed ahmed as well uh there was one moment early on something something happens and I don't feel like they ever quite dealt with it that much later in the film. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I'm like, I could, I, I'm just hearing you try to tiptoe around. <laughs> yeah. <details here. laughs> uh, I think you probably know what I'm talking about. I think I know what you're talking um, about. But, uh, so that part was interesting, but actually, uh, I liked Bodhi a lot more. He, his, his role in the film was all very different than when I was, expecting in many ways or not even his role but his origin story uh how he gets where he he is um which which yeah quite a bit i think that because we saw the so much of the marketing was focused around showing us images of the entire crew together Mm -hmm. um almost like the rebels crew in in star wars rebels there's like six members of this crew and you're always seeing them together in all the marketing and so Going into the film, you almost feel like they were always together. You know, it's just right. going to start out. Not. They're they're this team, but I liked how you get kind of how they all met and the, the different ways that they. And kind it of all met. makes sense. It never never feels forced. You know, right? It, yeah. So, and really everybody has a very different path that kind of led them to each other, and I really thought mm-hmm. they did a good job with that. It wasn't also, just this simple like, oh, you go into a cantina and meet five people, and suddenly that's your team, like. It, right. it's a lot more going on than that nor were they like they weren't buddy buddy with each other either there was definitely um different dynamics which caused tension uh among the group at times uh which which was which is good too you know, it's kind of not, not different than i guess we're used to i think in the star wars films where like once han luke and leia got together they were, they were basically good friends and everything went was just fine this one there's a little bit more like you know, I don't know how much I trust you, type of thing, um, and uh, or different agendas, um, that sort of thing. So I I, I enjoyed that uh, quite a bit. 
Um, the the other the other thing, and I think we'll, we'll try to be pretty. I mean, wrapping up the character side of things, we'll try to just cover this briefly. But um, there there are some some obviously you know Mon Mothma's in the film, Darth Vader as we saw in the trailers, uh, and I and some other moments too that I think other characters that really surprised and impressed me uh or, um or surprised or impressed me uh with the way they were included in the film uh it never felt forced but it was it was or or just fan servicey it, it made sense um but uh it was it was also a lot of fun to see them and sometimes like i said it's just impressive with how they managed to 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 pull them off Yep, I'm not touching that one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they were, the dark they were, side is a pathway to many abilities. Some consider to be unnatural. <laughs> they did, they did a really good job of tying in uh, the original trilogy stuff. You know, the, yeah. it be it an Easter egg in the background or be it a character that shows up. So I, I, I was really happy with the efforts that they took, and like you said, very impressed with some of the things they were able to do and pull off. And I'll leave it at that. <laughs> that's that's uh, that's probably wise. I mean, there was also connections with uh, you know other parts of the of Star Wars uh, as well, like Rebels. Um, and uh, you know, again, I don't want to, I don't don't want to spoil anything, but uh, there's definitely connections with other parts of the the canon. Uh, so you know, like they're all working together now, and and that's kind of a a cool thing to to see when they're 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 trying to tie. The, the films, the television shows, the books all together. Uh, yeah. It doesn't necessarily hit you over the head. It's pretty subtle, so you don't have to know about it. Um, but it's it's well done. Yeah, I think more so the film universe, the established uh, canon we have in the films is heavily referenced visually, story-wise. Um, some of the other stuff is definitely, you know, not to get people's hopes up like, oh, the entire Rebels crew shows up in the hangar. Like, it's definitely anything else that's you know connecting to other things is much more um i don't know it, it's much more like you said subtle uh there's not you know yeah. which which <laughs> but, i think is probably a good thing too because there's definitely the a concern where like if you do like rebels for example is set before you know still a few years before rogue one so you you kind of have to be careful with you don't want to like ruin the show for people um because of a of a you know they, they tie it into the movie or something um anyway I, i'll probably leave it at that uh there's definitely connections uh that are are, are really great and kind of made me like send the edge of my seat and go yes that's awesome um but it's not so over the top that will cause problems or hit you or, you know, or be heavy-handed um so there's there's that <laughs> i guess <laughs> um i was surprised by how emotional parts of, of the movie were you know they, they definitely you definitely get attached to all these characters and uh and, and you really feel when when things happen to them uh, which yes was, was yeah cool. it's a it's a movie about hope for sure mm-hmm. but um it's it's definitely it's an intense movie that you know people are having to put their lives in danger to, you know, shore up the, the future of the galaxy. 
Yeah. And so it's, it's intent, you know, it's just like, you're, you're worried about the safety of these characters in, in many, in many scenes for sure. Right. I mean, there are multiple times and you see them in the trailers, right? Where K2 so is talking about how, um, how low their chances of survival are, right? It's a, it's a um, suicide mission that they're on, and and hopefully they they come out of it, right? That's that's what that's what Rogue One is is all about, and um, and so you know I, they did they did a fantastic job, um, you know, making you care about the characters, and then uh, setting up situations and things we see in A New Hope, and like you said, hope is a main theme of the film. Um, uh, you know, in one of the trailers, uh, Jin says, "You know, rebellions are built on hope." And I like how it was a recurring theme because you know that uh, rebellions are built on hope. And then the next movie is a new hope, uh, where you know, where we see the hope uh, actually come to the galaxy, and they they they, they find that hope. Right. What did and you we think? find out why the red five call sign is available? Yes, yes, we do. <laughs> there's, there's lots of little connections like that, that that you get as well, which which I I really enjoyed. Um, changing gears a little bit, what did you think of uh, the music in the film? This is obviously the first Star Wars film not composed by John Williams. Uh, it was uh, uh, composed by uh, Michael Giacchino, uh, who, who's he has a fantastic library of of work. Um, any thoughts on on the soundtrack? This is when I start to feel like a bad fan and I'm not, I just have never been into the music side of, of movies. Not, that's I know a lot totally of people fair. are. There's entire podcasts about music in, in Star Wars. I, that's just something that I, I enjoy the Star Wars music, but I don't, I'm not the type to pick out certain themes or, mm-hmm. or like variations on a theme that may be reused in another film. Um, so for me, the music did not stand out. Um, it didn't sound so different from John Williams that that it was distracting. But there were actually a couple times where it sounded like something other than Star Wars. I, I know I remember there were a couple scenes where I was like, "Oh, that sounds Star Trek ish," because mm. I know uh, Giacchino had done the Star Trek soundtracks, right? Um, and there were a couple scenes where the the, the music kind of and I don't I I can't like recreate the sound of it to give you an example, <laughs> but there were definitely a couple scenes where I was like, Oh, I feel like this is almost star Trek more than star Wars in the way the music was. Um, definitely different. It, yeah. it was very different from, from John Williams, just, but not in a bad way. Yeah. And I think they, they, they kind of had to do that, right? You, you don't want to just recreate John Williams. John Williams is a, is a genius when it comes to music and you, you can't replace him. Um, but, uh, you know, I I really enjoyed it. They they released a preview of the the music uh, a few days ago, and I was kind of iffy on it. Um, but when I heard it in the film, I I enjoyed it a lot more. And there's definitely one main theme that keeps, um, one or two main themes that keep uh, recurring throughout the film, um, in in, in different different ways. Uh, and, and I'm I'm looking forward to to getting the soundtrack and, and kind of diving more into the into the music. Uh, definitely not as good as John Williams, um, but still enjoyable. Um, it took me a little getting used to the beginning. The beginning of the movie start is so different. Yeah, actually, let's how- let's talk like very briefly. I think we can probably say kind of in generic terms what what happens. Right, uh, it is very different. Um, 
as far as like the the way they do the titles and stuff yeah yeah okay yeah Yeah, that the fact that they don't have a crawl which i'm pretty sure that's public knowledge now yeah that was that was revealed there's no crawl and the way that the movie starts out um without a crawl it felt a little dead to me at the beginning everything Mm -hmm. was kind of just like what's going on it's a little yeah. bland a little dead and i'm like because well, you you do get the a long time ago in a galaxy far far away as, as we're all used to in the lucasfilm logo and and then jump straight into the film yes right and then uh and i i won't go into specifics about what happens but then then you finally you do get the rogue one logo and a very brief musical cue very brief uh, yeah, almost I... on the order of like a star wars rebels type thing it actually felt very much like star wars rebels yeah I think I'm just used to that 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 crawl, uh-huh. like the the bombastic music that's in there, and it kind of gets you. It's almost like it's getting you revved up for Star Wars. Yeah, and so that was missing. Like it just started into the movie, like something was missing. And I'm sure as more of these standalone movies come out, we'll get more and more used to that. But for the first time for me, it was a little disconcerting. I'm like, yeah, you know, it just didn't. And, feel I, and right. I will admit, being being at a press screening, um, there's something about like you i don't know about you but at least at mine there was not the same level of like excitement in the room and and clapping and sharing and stuff when the when the film began which i think was also probably you know played a role a little bit in that oh definitely. not having that excitement right there that kind of that, that kind of kicks things off because normally you get a long time ago in a galaxy far far away and then everybody goes really quiet you know it, it was really quiet during that and then you know, go Star Wars. Everybody starts going insane in the room, and uh, and you just didn't really get that type of thing. Um, another new thing they did was when they introduced all the planets, and I loved the planets. Right, they had uh, there was a couple of we've see, we've see, they've kind of revealed previously, like Scarif, the beautiful uh, tropical world, the paradise uh, planet, uh, and Jetta, um, which is like the uh, the the it's like a it's supposed to be like the uh, Mecca or Jerusalem or something for the Jedi, basically. Um, both of those planets were fantastic. And every time you go to a new planet for the first time, they would introduce the planet by putting like the name in the bottom left corner. Uh, um, and then like the kind of the, it's, the planet's purpose or a brief description of the planet, which was kind of nice. You could, you knew where you were going and a little bit more about what was going on, which is yeah, not something that, we've seen in Star Wars before. Right. That was a little, it seemed a little off for me because um that's how star trek then the modern star trek movies do it too. <laughs> right so it was yeah. almost uh, and i was fine with almost it i actually too- i actually didn't mind it at all that they did it in star wars but there were certain things that made it feel a lot different than what we're used to from star wars and that was one of the big things is yeah. that you know the i totally little, agree i, I liked it but intro. it was definitely different and yet it overall it still felt enough like star wars that it was it was okay and like seeing you know x-wings flying through space and like the the space battle at the end uh again not to give anything i don't want to go into too much into detail oh, shocker there's a there's a battle in space there's a war in space in a star wars film um uh the uh the battle at the end was was amazing um and the ground battles as well, especially like you know, just seeing stormtroopers run through the the water was amazing. Uh, I love the visuals of that. Yeah, definitely. Um, completely agree. Some of the best space battles, if not the best space battles that they've had yet in Star Wars movies. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And just you really get like the sk- they had. Um, 
they had some of this in the trailers too like just the scale of the space battles was amazing uh on the level of a revenge of the sith in many ways where there's just maybe even more than revenge of the sith yeah. where like in revenge of the sith, revenge of the sith had had ships in the background the like capital ships way in the background this is like you know hundreds of tie fighters you know just fly swarming um you know across the screen and that sort of thing and all the different environments too and i i'm i don't think i'm spoiling or at least for people that have been paying attention um mm-hmm. the different scenes in the trailers and the clips that we've seen so i, I think this should no, no, be that's fine yeah new information but there's space battles there's uh in atmosphere you know over the beach there is uh there is in the rain like x-wings coming in in the mm-hmm. rain things like so i i really like all the caves all sorts of stuff yeah. yeah all the different atmospheres that they had these uh these battles going on in it was it was really cool to watch yeah and the the, the the set design was fantastic all the uh the costumes and the the uh the creatures uh all all really good and i mean we could just go on and on and on and on i'm sure uh, and i love how the creatures <laughs> but... were involved in you know yeah it seems like in past movies the creatures have almost always been kind of the background characters or you have that one digital creature that's but the fact like they the creatures that were actually involved in like some of the battle scenes which i don't know there were a couple in particular that stand out and that you we've seen a couple of them in the trailers but some we haven't there are some that were surprises to me that i thought were really well done um i liked how it wasn't just a bunch of humans that were rebelling you know there are they sprinkle in the different alien species that are involved in this stuff as well right i totally agree totally agree and the in so. the the mon cows that were in the movie were pretty awesome yes we uh, yeah yeah um admiral uh radis he was he was previously uh revealed um uh in some of the the, the coverage coming up to the film but uh, no i i loved uh i love admiral admiral radis yes and, uh, great character yeah, I mean, I think closer to the end, I have a few questions. Um, I've only seen it once, so now you know I, I have a few questions that I, I think rewatching will will answer. Um, you know, Aaron, you and I talked about these bef- before the show, uh, and I will go into de- more detail about them uh, at a later date. But I think overall, um, Rogue One was everything I was hoping for. Um, it was it was it was new uh it was familiar it was uh exciting uh and it it really felt like it lived up to the star wars name yeah i would definitely agree it was you know my expectations going in and weren't low they were definitely still pretty high but it it really did meet and exceed my expectations and across the board and every just about every element of the film there was nothing that i looked at and thought oh wow that's really disappointing or that's too bad that they decided to do that it was just a really good story really fun to watch solid acting solid effects um and it was it it was emotional you know i'm like i'm sitting in a room with uh all these other press people who are there and i guess you know i i don't get invited to too many press screenings so this was kind of a unique experience for mm-hmm. me yeah uh, but i th- the rest of the people in the room 
you know, it was their job. You know, they they go to movies and review movies as a job. And so they were there with a little bit different of a, a feel than I was. And so I'm catching myself in different moments where I'm just like looking for somebody to kind of connect with me you know like yeah kind of like are you feeling you what i'm feeling right clap now <laughs> along with them you're like yeah, yeah this is awesome look what just happened yeah yeah like a couple of scenes i'm sitting there like oh my goodness and i look over and no they're all just kind of like looking at the screen kind of stone-faced I'm like oh yeah okay yeah <laughs> like don't don't shout out loud please <laughs> so yeah it was yeah. it was solid man as i can't wait to see it again um and I I don't know where it's gonna fall in my you know list of favorite Star Wars. I think movies. it's too early for that. That's why I hesitate to put a a rating it's, on it at this yeah, point. Yeah, it's it's too mm-hmm. early to tell, and it is such a different beast than you know a saga film. It's the first that's not, and mm-hmm. so it's almost hard to compare it. You almost have to have a different rating. You know, kind of <laughs> exactly, what's your favorite? Yeah. What's your yeah. favorite saga film, and what's your favorite standalone film? Because as a standalone, this movie is so great and it almost gives it an advantage over some of these other movies that rely on the others to finish mm-hmm. the story. This is just a front, you know, start to finish. It's completely, story. completely standalone. You, I mean, you don't need to see any other films. Um, if, if you watch rogue one, right. You, to, in order before, to going to rogue one, you don't need to see any other films. I think it, it's, it's nice if you know, obviously a new hope um as most people do because uh, then you actually kind of get like oh I, I see where this is going and you, you'll definitely enjoy a lot a lot more of the moments like that um, yeah there are there are like two star wars films that that you can watch and not ever see another star wars film and that's a new hope and rogue one yeah you know because yeah. those two are standalone like although you- although I, I would probably argue that you can you can go into rogue one without seeing any of the more films after watching Rogue One, you'll definitely want to watch A New Hope again. Oh, definitely, yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> so, but you, you, it's yeah, but yeah, it's you can a self-contained it having, yeah. story that you don't necessarily need to see anything else to feel like you got the whole story. Correct. Um, whereas you watch Empire Strikes Back and you're like, wait, what's happening? <laughs> you know, because yeah. you didn't see A New Hope. Uh, same with Return of the Jedi. But um, I love how this is just kind of, and I I think this opens the door. Because, I mean, we don't know. The movie's not out yet. You know, it hasn't officially released to the public. But just early reviews that I'm hearing from people, um, this is a surprise. People are are blown away by how much they like this movie. Mm. And so I'm hoping that carries over into the general audience as well. And if this movie does a lot better than Lucasfilm expected, then this is probably going to green light a lot of projects that they have that they're kind of holding on oh, to right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're playing it gonna... safe, right? It's it's the how they steal the Death Star plans, the Han Solo movie. Like they're kind of playing it safe on the first few standalones. Um, well, but this, if this one does you could well, say was a little bit more of a risk because it doesn't involve any of the main characters. That's true. That fair, we're used to. Enough. Yeah. So I'm I and I was a little surprised this was the first one out of the gate. I thought maybe they'd do a Han Solo story first because that's more of the easy sell. But I really I think this is gonna be a lot bigger than people expected. And I think this is gonna be one of those word of mouth movies where there are gonna be people that are like, ah, you know, that's one I'm gonna skip. And then their friends are gonna be like, No, 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 you don't skip that one. It is amazing. You go go watch it. it. Yeah. So I I'm I'm I have high hopes for the success of this movie and what that's going to mean for them really accelerating some of the other standalone films that they probably have, you know, in production that they're not too far along on yet. Cause they were waiting to see what happened with this one. I agree. I agree. I'm i uh, I'm excited. It's a fantastic film and I am 
I'm looking forward to watching it again with all my friends on Thursday night and actually like, you know, uh, clapping and celebrating all the, the, the fantastic moments and being able to talk with everyone afterward. Cause it's, it's definitely hard to keep it all in, but, um, I think, uh, they hit it out of the park with this film. They really did highly, Sorry. highly recommend seeing it. Yes. Yes. It's a, it's a good one for sure. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, Aaron, thank you so much for joining me to talk about Rogue One. Um, <clears throat> this was, I needed someone to talk to, so I'm, I'm glad we were able to, to share this and kind of, uh, to chat a bit about, um, about what happened. Uh, we did like kind of our little own spoiler discussion before the show. And then now we could kind of talk about it in more generic terms. Uh, but yeah, thanks. Thanks for joining. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, no problem, man. Anytime. Uh, I can't wait for all of our friends to see this so we can talk to them about yeah, it too. Exactly, you know, there's, yeah. there's only a handful of people that I can talk to this stuff about or talk about this stuff to right now. So I'm happy that you got to see it today as well. So I had someone to kind of get all this stuff off my chest because I've been <laughs> thinking about it ever since I watched it. Yeah. Yeah. It's been an interesting uh, last couple of hours. That's, that's for sure. Um, well, uh, do you want to, uh, let people know where they can uh, where they can find you uh, online. Plug anything uh, before we yes, uh, before um, we go. Yeah, we you had mentioned Star Wars Bookworms, my uh, literature podcasts uh, that I do with Teresa Delgado. Uh, we just released our Catalyst review, so if you guys uh, haven't heard of our podcast, we'd love for you to check us out. Uh, we we review all the books and comics uh, that come out from the different Star Wars publishers, uh, and then I do a Lego. The Lego Star Wars focused podcast with uh, Jonah Marie Macias. And we mainly focus on the Freemaker adventures, but we talk about Lego Star Wars in general. So we talk about the sets that you can build and, and that kind of stuff as well. So yeah, those are both podcasts that I do. I'd love for people to check out. And then I'm on Twitter at AV Goins. Awesome. Yeah, uh, definitely check out the, your, check out your Aaron's review of uh, catalyst and, both of his podcasts it's fantastic aaron thanks again um now we actually uh are gonna uh continue with the uh, talking about rogue one but we have uh anthony bresnikin joining us uh to talk about his experience uh seeing the film at the world premiere on saturday night uh it was a big event with all the cast and and uh and uh, stars and and etc and it was a it was quite the event so anthony's going to tell us all about that Coming up next. Hey there, welcome to a special episode of the Ion Cannon Podcast. Uh, we have tonight, it is William and I, and Stephen may join us with this as well, but we have Anthony Bresnikin from Entertainment Weekly with us tonight, and we are going to talk, uh, spoiler-free as best as possible, Rogue One, and also his experience at the premiere, because I did see you on the live stream, Anthony, right before you walked into the Pantages. 
So that was pretty cool. What was it like to be on the red carpet for this experience at this Star Wars compared to like, let's say when you saw um, uh, episode seven? Well, The Force Awakens was a much bigger premiere. Mm -hmm. They had more theaters. They had the El Cap and the Chinese. And I think they may even had a couple of uh, other of the upstairs Chinese uh, screens activated. But this... um, was it the Pantages Theater in Hollywood, which is an old sort of stage theater? Do they do a lot of traveling musicals and and such there? Uh, so it's a pretty big house, but uh, the the crowd was loving it. Obviously, everybody saw the gigantic, full sized X wing model that was filling out the uh, um, uh, filling out Hollywood Boulevard in front of the uh, event, which they blocked off for the uh, for the red carpet and mm-hmm. the. Uh, the after party had a giant X or not X wing, a uh, giant Tie Fighter in in uh, inside a tent. Wow! Lots of music playing, lots of good food. So it was sort of like, um, I mean, it was a great big Star Wars party. It was like the biggest Star Wars birthday party ever. But the birthday child was Rogue One mm-hmm. <laughs> making its <laughs> debut. So uh, it was a lot of fun. I took a friend of mine uh, named Hal. He's a buddy of mine from college. We used to uh, go see all the. Uh, the Star Wars reissues in theaters in in the 90s when they put those back out. I think it started around 96, right? That mm. was not the year they put all those mm. out. Um, so, yeah, we, you know, have loved Star Wars going back to the old X-Wing video games and, and those reissued movies. And uh, we talk about it all the time. He happened to be visiting, so I took him to the premiere. And uh, I think he had a pretty good time. Got to meet Donnie Yen and we got to chat with Kathy Kennedy and uh, – and 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 meet a whole bunch of the people from the film, so that was a that was a fun treat for both of us. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome! What was the what was the feeling, uh, you know, at the at the premiere at the world premiere? I'm sure everyone was excited. Where is it? Like you know, this is the first this is the first uh, standalone film, the first first spinoff. Uh, uh, that, so was there like a little bit of app, app, you know was people like me a little bit apprehensive or just yeah. pure excitement? I would say apprehension. Yeah. You know, people want it to be good, and they love Star Wars, so it's sort of mm-hmm. like, is this going to live up? Obviously, everybody heard about reshoots and those various issues over the past year, and I think uh, everyone, including myself, had an opinion about what those meant or had hopes mm-hmm. for what they meant, and, you know, the result was pretty good. People were happy with how the movie turned out, and I think that apprehension when, when you're stressed about something and then it turns out to be okay it's almost like a bigger lift yeah <laughs> than, uh, exactly. yeah yeah and you would have had even just with uh like if you go in with super high hopes like if you go in with a little like uncertainty uh this is um i think you're, you're gonna walk away really satisfied now there are things about the movie i think that aren't perfect There's a, i'm not going to give away any spoilers um you know whenever you love something a lot I think the weird human reaction is to point out the things you don't, mm-hmm, right. even though they don't matter that much, almost <laughs> as a way of establishing your bona fides that you're not just uh, cheerleading for something. But mm-hmm. like, I really had a great time. My friend and I were constantly turning to each other during the movie and just like elbowing one another, like uh, various things that appeared on screen. There's a little bit of fan service in the movie. And I think fan service has kind of a dirty connotation mm-hmm to people who aren't fans of whatever the thing is. <laughs> so, um, yeah. uh, but I think you can't, you can't, it's okay to do th- things that are strictly a little nod to the people who've been along for the ride. Now, some of them aren't, are not subtle at all. Mm-hmm. Right. So, some, so, so I, so I, I, I did have the opportunity to see it this morning as well. And 
there there are definitely some moments like that, but I they never seem to. Uh, there were some very obvious fan service moments if you if you're a fan, but I don't think if, if you're not a fan, it's people probably wouldn't notice or care. It's not like it, it, I don't know, it didn't seem to quite hit you over the head too hard. No, but totally, uh, or never, or it wasn't like out of plate. Yeah, yeah, you exactly. Know, but I think they're fun. Exactly. Yeah. And um, and then there are very subtle things, allusions to. Uh, I don't think this is a spoiler to say, but there are several allusions to rebels in the mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Um, some of that has been detected already in the trailer. I don't know. Can we talk about that? Can I yeah, yeah, that? Sure. yeah, we can yeah, because we... I think anything in the trailer is fair game. Yeah. 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 So in the trailer, you can see the ghost and, and the last day. episode, yeah, uh, the last episode we just had, I did bring that up. Then in the trailer, you can't see that. Right. And I, I was looking for it every time there was a shot in that battle sequence mm-hmm. and I saw it at least three times. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Like, so, likewise. It's in there a lot. And then there are other references to Rebels, which I was really delighted to see. It wasn't just the ghost thing, which would have been, I think, perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. But they actually added in a few others, too. And that's really delightful. Really just sort of like fun and cheerful, but super subtle. Because mm-hmm. I missed a couple of them. And other people I talked to did see them. So I'm looking forward to keeping my eyes and ears open when I see it again on Friday with my daughter. So it's, uh, I thought it's just a blast. And there are times in it where references are made to characters that we know and they're such they're really emotional you know Mm -hmm. it's not just name dropping in fact it's often more more significant when you know who the person is talking about (laughs) on when the person on screen is talking about somebody who's not on screen and they don't reference their name Mm -hmm. you know who they mean and your heart just swells and Mm -hmm. um and then there are some uh speeches by Jin urso about we don't have a, uh, a a chance, but we don't have a choice either. And we have to rise up and about doing the right thing. And it just, it's very inspiring. And I, I think, you know, there's a lot of talk about politics in Star Wars and are the movies political or are they not? I think the Star Wars people would prefer they be kept sort of apolitical, non-political. Um, but people read into stories what they need to. They mm-hmm. read, They watch films like this and they get inspiration about their job or their family or how they conduct themselves and mm-hmm their own lives and they look to them for inspiration. And when, when there are bigger issues facing, um, you know, their community or their country or their, 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 uh, their people. And that's okay. I think whatever you read into a story like this is okay. It's once it leaves the author's hands, it's yours to interpret as you wish. And I think those people who are looking for that are going to find it. Those people who don't want that don't, don't have to see it. It's not in your face, but I found there to be, many emotional and inspiring moments right up until the last shot of the movie, which hit me in the gut in a very good way. Yeah. So that's my, my, my non-spoiler review. Oh, oh and, but, <laughs> but the things I don't like, so I, I said I was going to talk about something I don't, didn't like. There are a couple of points in the movie where the act, where the, um, the goals get to be a little jumbled, mm-hmm. you know, like even now I'm like, why did so-and-so have to go do this thing? Just, there's like a, a series of tasks that have to be performed that I think gets a little bit convoluted, but I, uh, I feel yeah. like I'm nitpicking with that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I think, yeah, if you if you're if you're not swept along by the story, that moment might throw you out. And and there is a little bit of uh, criticism over some of the visual effects, and I don't want to say too much about that. But um, you know, I I hear it. 
and I get it, and I may have had the same thought occasionally, but I think in general, it's the good so much outweighs the bad that um, uh, that to me, it's almost negligible even to mention them. But I was really delighted, and I, you know, I'm curious to hear what you thought. You've heard so much about the reshoots. Were you worried going in? Um, my, my biggest thing is, as long as the story is good, and I can be engaged in it and enjoy it, effects, okay, I can understand. It's not going to bother me that much unless it's blatant. Um, the political stuff, Star Wars is political. If you take a look at the, the prequels, I mean, you saw the fall of the Republic and the rise of the Empire. So it, it is political. And, and if you want to read into how political it is yeah. nowadays, that's, that's your business. It doesn't have to be mine. I just want to enjoy no. a good story. So, but a story can be a story can connect and resonate right. regardless of whether it was intended. I mean, you know, I think I've said this elsewhere, but like even though the movie was written two years ago and produced over the past year, mm-hmm. sometimes stories, when they aim for something that's true, they remain true mm-hmm. regardless of the times or they happen to be ahead of their time and comment on something. I mean, there's a book written in 1935. It can't happen here, which I feel like, oh, that was written a long time ago. And yet it manages to comment on, you know, Sinclair Lewis manages to speak to some something in 2016 even though he's been gone a very long time and um i think rogue one actually has something to say i wouldn't politicize it because i think that sometimes prevents people from hearing the message in the movie Mm -hmm. um but it's not it's not a it's not a a political delivery system but it does say something about humanity about authority about resistance Mm -hmm. and i think those things are going to tick a lot of switches in people and the other thing for me when it came to reshoots i mean it, it's hollywood you know if they had to do a reshoot if it's built into the budget great they're only trying to make the movie better they're probably trying to fill in some story gaps you know if there's a complete reshoot where they're like oh my god we have to scrap the film and redo it then to me that would be more of an issue but to go back and say okay we saw the movie the first time there's a plot hole here we can fix with this there's this here we can plus up a little bit you know, reshoots did not worry me at all. So I, I'm, I'm totally the same looking forward way, Tom. to this. It, it's, it's very common, you yeah. know, um, to, to, to do reshoots. I, know, I think, Anthony, you, you, you wrote about this quite a bit uh, mm-hmm. a few months ago as well. It's like, so going in, I was not worried at all. And it, it's interesting because you see so many people talking about the film constantly bringing up the reshoots thing. Mm-hmm. Um and for mm-hmm. me, it's like, it's, it's like no big deal. Like, you, there, there are many other films that get reshoots that nobody ever talks about. Uh, I mean, reshoots are built into the into the, the schedule, and there, there might have been more yeah. on this one than than some, um, you know. But well, when people were talking about the ending and like how there, you know, there are rumors that the ending was reshot, and I believe that mm-hmm. because I think that whenever you get to a goal, like we have to disarm the bomb or we have to steal the plans in this case or mm-hmm. whatever, that whenever there's a ticking clock and a goal, a capture the flag moment in a plot. You have to have various obstacles to that. And like, well, why when they get the plans, do they not just fly straight out of there? Right. And so you right. have like the shield gate is around the planet. And I can see how originally uh, the story might have been less satisfying given the restrictions and and i think that's where a little i'm, I'm talking in very elliptical ways here mm-hmm. about it without trying to <laughs> yeah, really no, hard to no, talk about it without doing you know you yeah, have yeah. to you, ha- you have to create obstacles to the goal and right. then 
you have to make the you know, I, I, I don't think it's a spoiler to say they get the plans. <laughs> you know, we know they get the plans. Shocker. <laughs> We've known for 40 years they've yeah. gotten the plans. We've seen her but, running um, with the football. What are we supposed to think at that point? You know, they got the plans. It's in the trailer. Well, at least that's what I think is in the trailer. <laughs> it's in the it's in the behind the scenes footage. But interestingly, that scene is not in the movie. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a lot of scenes from the trailers that are not in the movie. Or there's a, a different version of the scene uh, where they clearly have like the the line is 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 spoken very differently uh, during inflection or different um, mm-hmm. tone, different meaning or uh, similar similar words, but you know very very different as well. So, but that happens yeah, well, a I lot mean, in movies. I was watching yeah, Fanboys. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the trailer Tom. for Fanboys had a great line in there that never made it into the movie. It does happen a lot, and it happened in the Force Awakens a fair yeah. amount. It's it's. There, most of the shots that you really thought were cool in the trailer are not in the movie. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Like, it's a lot. And I love the movie, but, like, there are a lot of scenes in the trailer that are not in the film. Yeah. Uh, you know, including the one where the she faces the TIE fighter. That's Ooh. done differently. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, like, that's a great scene, and I was really waiting for that, and then it didn't happen. It happened uh-huh. differently. Yeah. And I thought, huh. Hmm. All right. <laughs> so there were there were a few things where I was I was expecting something to happen either because it was in the trailer or because I had in my mind maybe built something up. Um, it was going to happen differently. Uh, but despite it happening, n- not like I had imagined it or maybe assumed from the trailer, I still like really enjoyed it quite a bit. And yeah. uh, I enjoy the characters were so great too. Um, do you do you have a particular favorite character uh, oh. from Rogue One? K2SO and Chirrut Imwe are my two favorites. I mean, I like them all. I thought they were all really well-drawn characters, and that is something that came from the reshoots. I know that they deepened those characters. They added a little more conversation about their pasts and a little more resonance to each character, a a few more character beats, and I think each of them was sharply defined. But if I had to hang with one, I'm hanging with K2. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I agree. It was so funny. He was so funny, and I mean, like, he's. It's funny to think that you look at that face and that body, and you can't connect with it. Like that does not. It looks like an appliance. Mm-hmm. And yet, Alan Tudyk and Gareth Edwards give K two a tremendous amount of personality, and um, I loved him. And it's fascinating. And Chirrut, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say like because early in the trailer, it was like it was kind of hard to. I feel like it was much harder to connect to to K two so, uh, but in in the film itself, like he was outstanding. Uh, and, and sorry, you were gonna say something about Chirrut as well. Yeah, well, Chirrut. I mean, he's not the character I expected to have a lot of funny lines, but he's just like so big hearted, and he says things that are very plain spoken like he's very direct and so i really like i loved his character in fact there's a moment in the movie uh and this isn't a spoiler because it's in the trailer too where Jin says um something aboard the troop carrier the force Mm -hmm. you know may the force be with us and all the other characters respond kind of with nods and sort of grunts and like yeah like a sports team about to go out you know Mm -hmm. for the for the final quarter and Chirrut, and my friend Hal pointed this out, Chirrut is blind, so he can't see how they're reacting. So he responds, not as me- a member of the group, but solely as 
an individual Mm -hmm. and he responds differently than they do. They're all kind of nodding and like looking at each other like, yeah, mm, right. The force be with us. And he closes his eyes and looks up with this or, or turns his face up with this kind of expression of, of like, yes, finally somebody is saying the right thing. Like, this mm-hmm. expression of, of bliss and you know given that he's this spiritual character i found i found that to be a really moving scene but he's also very funny and i think a character of faith in a movie is a rare thing i'm not an overly religious person and i certainly don't like to have religion crammed down my throat and in star wars there can be no religion because it's a different galaxy a long time ago but if you've ever known somebody who is deeply spiritual and not in a hypocritical way, mm-hmm. you know, not using their faith to judge others or as a, as a shield, but as, but actually live their faith, whether they're Buddhist or Christian or Jewish or Muslim, like, um, there's a, a, a purity to that. And sure it has that. And I really like that side of his character. I liked seeing the spiritual good man, not just the badass blind warrior monk, which is cool enough, but mm-hmm. a man who truly was following his principles. And but and 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 if I had another criticism of the movie, I can't really get into it because it's a, it's a spoiler. But there's one scene involving Chirrut that if I could rewrite it just a little <laughs> bit, mm-hmm. I really would because I think I have a much better idea for how something could happen with him. But <laughs> was it closer to like the beginning or the end? And and the end. Okay, I think I know what you're talking about then. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna have to keep my eye out for that one. <laughs> But like, you know what I mean? When you watch something, you're like, oh, they came very close to doing something that I, you know, really wanted to see. But uh, they um, just didn't but push I really the envelope at that there. point. Yeah, you know, maybe uh, maybe they thought about it. Maybe they just maybe it just never occurred to them. But yeah, <laughs> it's possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't say what it is though. No, that's nope. okay. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was a. I really enjoyed the the film. I thought we got to go, we got to go to a lot of a nice variety of, of planets and locations. Uh, I loved all the 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 cameos we got to see, uh, and it, it it still it felt very much like a Star Wars film, despite having some very different elements as well. If, um, if I may ask, since I have not seen the movie yet, and you could say yay or nay to this, the planets that we do visit are some of them going to be ones that we know or knew of from the now defunct expanded universe or is all this new completely new planets um they're all new okay yeah uh well there might be there is one planet that actually goes unnamed which i think might be i'm pretty sure is a oh yes re- that is. reappearing planet that is a reappearing planet you're right i forgot about uh that but although it's never confirmed uh, I, I'm just pretty sure it's a it's a planet. I can tell planet. you this. I'll tell you. <laughs> I confirmed it. I okay. Asked, Excellent. And it is the planet you think it, it is. It is the planet. Okay. Okay. Good then news. I am going to have to hold my thought, and then William, you will get a phone call, and yes. you and I will have a discussion so, on the way home. This, I hate to be oblique with people, but I really don't want to spoil things for people. But there's a, going to be a point in the movie where you see a planet, and you're going to wonder, is that the one I'm thinking of? Okay. And it is. And or is it another one that has a similar climate? And the answer is, it's the one you're thinking of. And okay. it's an interesting... It was curious to me. I think it's already established in the canon. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm almost positive you're correct. But it was funny to me, like, ah, oh, huh. 
interesting that this is what goes on here still. So, uh, and it's so, so it's not confusing. It's not like Tatooine. I'll say this: it's not Tatooine or Jakku. Where I you're like, which sand much. planet is this? Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> it's one. It's one that you've seen before, and it's the one you're thinking of. Right. But there are already sense. so many planets in Star Wars that it's not that much of a spoiler to say that a a planet you have seen before reappears in 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 this film. Okay. So yeah. Look forward. Um, any thoughts on the on the music? I know you uh, exclusively uh, revealed the the music for uh, for Rogue One uh, with an interview with Michael Giacchino uh, about a week ago or so. Um, yeah. yeah. What, yeah, what did Friday. you think? Yeah, Friday. What did you think? Uh, actually, now seeing the film with uh, with the music because you know, he's obviously the first composer to to re- record Star Wars music for a major Star Wars film. Um, that was not John, not John Williams. Williams. Right. <laughs> I want to watch the movie again to absorb the score because, you know, when I, when I see a film for the first time, I'll be honest, like the cinematography and the music and um, everything, every, you know, all of the, the effects, they all kind of, they flow together as they should, as, you're, as they're supposed to. They work in concert together. And so I sometimes, unless it's just something very specific, I very seldom think, oh, what a great shot. Or, oh, that was a good cue in the score. Mm-hmm. Because I'm instead like I'm riding along on the on the on the emotion, on the roller coaster. Right, right. So um, I think seeing it again, I'll have a better sense of the music and all that. But there were I think he draws inspiration from enough John Williams music. You start to feel a tilt towards some classic themes, but very seldom does he actually go there. Mm-hmm. Only a handful of times does he actually call up a classic theme. Um, and I'm good with that. I really like even the, the most classic of themes isn't it's kind of used, but not really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Interesting. So I actually had a question for you both. Uh, so when Marvel has done all of their various Marvel movies, one of the things they've talked about is they don't set out to make a superhero movie. They set out to make another type of movie that happens to be set in the Marvel universe. So you get something like Captain America to Winter Soldier, which is kind of like that more uh, political spy thriller almost instead of just being a superhero movie. And so what I'm curious is, is Rogue One a kind of following the same pattern where it is a different type of movie set in Star Wars? Or is it kind of that still classic Star Wars that just not the main saga? Tell me, I say this again, you kind of lost me there on the question. But I think of like, <laughs> when you, I think of like a Marvel movie. Each mm-hmm. Marvel movie is, seems to be uh, designed after a particular style of film, like a spy thriller or a mm-hmm. political thriller or a you know sci-fi adventure. And these they just happen to be set in the Marvel universe. Is this is Rogue One the same sort of pattern, or is it is it like I'm gonna I'm gonna guess is it a heist movie set in the Star Wars universe, or is it kind of still feel like a classical Star Wars movie through and through? It doesn't feel like a heist movie. I will say that. I've described it as that. Mm-hmm. I mean, they steal the... It is literally I, a heist movie because they're stealing the plans. But when I think heist now, I think... That's what I mean. Much, like, the, much more of like a Ocean's Eleven, yeah. like you get the squad right. together and they do their thing. This is much more of like a, a band of brothers type story. It <laughs> reminds me a lot of Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, you know? but even that though, like for, for me, it does, but there's enough... It's not like you just dive. I think we talked about this uh, earlier on, on a podcast. It doesn't. You don't just like dive right into the film, and it's like battle, battle, battle the whole time. 
yeah. it, it kind of builds up to it. It has time to breathe. And so it's not just like wall-to-wall action mm-hmm. either, uh, which I, I think is nice. So it, it, it felt, while much more of a, a Band of Brothers type of, of film, um, it still felt very Star Wars as well. A similar type of oh yeah uh, flow and pro- story progression. But it has a different structure than your typical Star Wars movie. Yeah, it's not as grandiose. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not as operatic. You know, they call Star Wars like a space opera. Mm-hmm. This didn't feel like space opera to me. This felt like hard sci-fi. Okay, and I- um. I was uh, I, I liked it, you know. I, I I think it definitely feels like a Star Wars movie. It also feels like an adult movie. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are asking me like, should I bring the kids? And I would strongly urge any parent to see the movie alone before they take their kid, mm-hmm. who's uh, if the kid is under the age of like twelve. Um, all kids are different, you know. My daughter is seven, and I'm gonna take her. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad I saw it first because I can prepare her for some things. Right. It, uh, uh, and, and it's not just like deaths. There's a lot of gunplay, you know, but it's lasers. It's, you know, mm-hmm. but it, it's battle. It's it, These are battle sequences. And um, a lot of people die, you know. A lot <laughs> of people, um, you know, a lot of, like, not necessarily, I'm not giving anything away in terms of the plot. But, like, you know, there are huge battle sequences. There, mm-hmm. there are soldiers falling, stormtroopers yeah dying and i th- and um i think like that that can be a bit much for a kid because it's super intense mm-hmm. but also darth vader is in this movie and he is scary as hell like he's scary in this movie mm-hmm. this is not darth vader the um reluctant villain that we saw in return of the jedi it's too late for me my son mm-hmm. too late he's not expressing anything like regret and you see i think you get you get a couple several scenes with vader two of them are straight up horror like like there's a scene that reminds me of something out of a horror movie uh involving him and um sort of like the relentless force of nature that you get from uh, like a Michael Myers mm-hmm. or a jaws <laughs> you know i'm trying not to give away too much here but like yeah yeah, yeah. Darth Vader's coming at you, and like it ain't to pose for a picture. <laughs> <You know>? like, <laughs> it ain't to dance with you at Disneyland. <laughs> like it's yeah. it's super scary. And then there's another sequence with him at the very beginning, uh, or not the beginning of the movie, but his first sequence is ooh, yikes! <laughs> I would, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, you know that what I'm talking about. Right? It was good though. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So it's grown up. It's a grown up movie, and I think thirteen and up should be fine. Uh, but if your kid is sense super sensitive to sadness or mm-hmm. chaos and destruction, you might you might wait a couple years. Like my son is four, almost mm-hmm. four. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't take him to see The Force Awakens partly because he was three then, and right. that's not he's not great. They're not easy. It's not easy to keep them in in their seat in a movie theater at that age. So we he stayed home. We watched it on Blu-ray with him. My daughter. I took her to the movies to see it. But you know, a couple months later, we watched it on Blu-ray and we let him watch because it's different than when you can sit on the couch and watch. And mm-hmm. you know, um, he can grab his stuffed Chewy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm I'm not going to show him this one. This one I will look forward to watching with him. In like maybe. 
three or four years. Okay. It's, it's not bloody or gory, no. but there is just a lot of... Well, it, yeah. it's basically a war movie set in, set in the Star Wars there's universe, a, is how I see there's it. There's intensity, put yeah. it that way. It's mm-hmm. intensity that I think for a kid could be troubling. And, I, and I, again, I'm not going to give anything away here, mm-hmm. but I think um, it's a story about sacrifice, you know? Mm-hmm. It's And there are characters who make very hard decisions. And there's loss in this film. Mm-hmm. So... And you really feel it. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they do. There's very emotional moments. Doesn't that, look away. And that's the best know? thing about storytelling is if it's told very well, it really gets the audience wrapped up and it draws them in. And remember, in Return, remember in Return of the Jedi when the one Ewok dies? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's the, whole, the whole cost paid by the Rebels was like one Ewok dies. Like, mm. That's the only time you saw like a good guy fall. And it was just this anonymous furball. Yeah. Like, this movie doesn't. This movie takes that movie and amplifies it and says there's a lot of people who fall, mm-hmm. who a do the right balls. thing. Lot, yeah, no Ewoks, but like there's yeah. a lot of – there's that moment where the one Ewok tries to wake the dead one. Like mm-hmm. that feeling is something you get. Wow. When you see somebody's clock get cleaned, you're, you feel it. Mm-hmm. It's not – like the Marvel movies, I think there's a lot of collateral damage that you don't really sense. Uh, and this one, you sense it. And I think that was a pretty bold move. This is the grown-up movie. This is the one people have said they've wanted for a long time, the adult mm-hmm. fans. So you got it. Now, don't complain when your eight-year-old's in tears. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got one last question to kind of lighten it up a bit. But my thing is, when it comes to bridging between Rogue One and Episode Four, and to get that feeling, because I saw it as a kid, movie theater that star destroyer come in and to be brought into that universe how well did they do production design to keep that same feeling of episode four into rogue one and if they kept it did they modernize it just a little bit but still kept that feeling of episode four they modernize it a lot i mean it doesn't we you know i was i had a hankering to watch a new hope right away after uh-huh. Rogue One. And, you know, eh, I'm watching the reissued ones, which are touched up and all, but it right. feels like the 70s. It feels like a movie that's several mm-hmm. decades old. Right. Um, and this one has, like, some of the stashes, the mustaches. <laughs> <and> like, <laughs> the vehicles look very Star Wars, but the style of filmmaking is so different. It's right. just the language do, like, is evolved, you know? The equipment, though, and, like, the, you know... It, all of that is still very much 70s the it, it's just you, you're right it's the way the way they film it the mm-hmm. uh that that's what's changed at least i think they did a really good job though making st- it still feel a lot like a new hope and like they connected uh, in terms of the the way the vehicles look and the the costumes and the sets and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. like there's one uh, moment early on in the in the film uh where it's like a um sort of communication happening and, and you know that definitely feels very 70s and uh, later as well i mean the death stars in the movie spoiler alert and uh, um and the scenes in the death star all look very 70s as well as you would mm-hmm. expect you know like the death star screens and everything so cool they did a very good job yeah. well anthony i really appreciate having you on and really appreciate you taking the time to come on with us it, it was great great to have you on um Thank you for for staying, you know, up this late and 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 talking with us. This was great. 
Well, I've been looking forward to coming back to the Ion Cannon podcast. I think you, you guys do a tremendous job, and um, you know, you're 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 true fans, and you've been with this since the beginning, or at least for as long as you've been alive. I, I, well, <laughs> I, I think it was, it was funny. I, I had I had somebody ask me today, one of, one of my coworkers who who has known me probably for about a year. She's like, mm-hmm. when did you start podcasting? And all this? And I'm like, well, you know, I basically within the past um, eight years, we've been doing this show yeah. and we have tried to stay as best as possible. We are, we are fans, but we are not the total fan boy over the whole thing because mm-hmm. we just enjoy Star Wars for what it is. Plain and simple. Yeah. But I was really looking forward to coming on and talking with you. This is the Thank first you. I've I've I, I wrote some initial thoughts for Entertainment Weekly right after the premiere and gathered some like, of the tweets that people were responding mm-hmm. to the film with. And um, but this is the first I've really spoken about my opinion of the movie. And I'm glad it was with you because I, I really like you guys. Well, thank Thanks you. for having me on. I totally appreciate it. It's always good show. to talk about it with friends. Yes. <laughs> thank you very much, Anthony. My pleasure. Definitely. All right, guys. May okay. the force be with you. Same with you. So uh, thanks to uh, Anthony for joining us on the show. And uh, we're actually going to take a, uh, a brief uh, break for, uh, for Christmas and the, and the holidays. And unfortunately, due to travel, um, we have you know, a couple, couple of us are um, you know, going to be without an internet connection uh, for the next few weeks. Uh, actually, starting the morning after Rogue One uh, premieres, uh, or the, basically Friday morning. So we won't be able to do our full spoiler review of Rogue One uh, just yet. That's coming up very, very soon uh in just like you know hopefully uh two weeks or so uh so please stay tuned for that we'll have our full spoiler review once you've had time to kind of see the film a few times and digest it we don't want to spoil you too soon uh so with that have a, a merry christmas happy holidays and we'll be back uh soon with our spoiler review thanks everybody thank you for listening to the ion cannon podcast your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far far away including rebels the sequel trilogy spin-off films and more if you like what you hear please rate us in your favorite podcast client your review will help the show grow within the star wars fan community visit our website ioncannoncast.com or follow us on facebook and twitter you can also get in touch with us by emailing contact at ioncannoncast.com The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, the Walt Disney Company, or any of their respective trademark or copyright holders. Any and all opinions expressed on this show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans for fans and is copyright 2016.